This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 41. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and creative entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Kara Brooke of Waxing Kara in Owings Mills, Maryland. Kara says that entrepreneurship is in her DNA. As you'll hear in the first part of the interview, her business experience includes leading internet-based startups. But the truth is that Kara has always been an artist at heart. Among her past businesses is one where she made and sold paintings created with a medium composed of beeswax, tree resin, and pigment. Today, Kara is the founder and CEO of Waxing Kara, a spa brand with a retail store called The Honey House and lines in exclusive online stores and plush spas nationwide. You will love hearing Kara describe her entrepreneurial journey, including the story of how she created the Waxing Kara logo and her tips to help you make an awesome logo that perfectly reflects your brand and carries your message directly to your Tarvit customers. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 41. I can't wait to introduce you to Kara. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Indie Business Network, the online entrepreneurial mentoring and coaching network, helping makers and creative entrepreneurs launch, manage and grow a sustainable and profitable business. You can find out more today and join us at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. And now, let's welcome Kara Brooke of Waxing Kara in Owings Mills, Maryland. Kara Brooke from Waxing Kara, how are you today? Fine, thanks. I'm so excited to have you here on the Indie Business Podcast. Now, as entrepreneurs, Kara, we can work from any place in the world today. Where are you right now? I'm actually in Baltimore at our home. So sometimes you work from home. I know you have a retail store and a studio, so you kind of get around, don't you? Yeah, we actually live live three different places. So (laughs) sometimes I wake up and I'm not exactly sure where I am. And add that to the fact that, yeah, there's a studio and there's a um, a retail store. Yes, and we're going to – I've been there and it's gorgeous. We're going to dive into all that. But first, let's just start with the story behind Waxing Care. I mean, you have the most amazing background. You're an artist. You know, you've you've done painting. And your bio says you've been an entrepreneur since the age of 20. So take us there and tell us how this all got started, Kara. Um, well, it it started a long time ago. I think that entrepreneurship is something that might be actually part of you, like in your DNA. <laughs> um, my grandfather invented and patented the plexiglass heel on women's shoes, believe it or not. And I believe that I have um, gotten this gift from him. When I was in college, um, I was 
putting myself through school. And as I was learning at Maryland Institute, um, I was studying visual communications and art history. So as I was learning about graphic design and advertising, I was going out into the Baltimore community and I was pitching business in order to pay for my tuition. And there were about a dozen clients on the day that I graduated from college. And I figured that the chances of all of them firing me on the same day weren't as good as if I went out and got a job working at an agency. So I stuck with it. Um, I think it took a really long time for me to grow into the business and make it into something. But after about 10 years, um, it, I got my stride. I got really into technology and grew to the business from doing just advertising and graphic design to um, we were doing web development when NCSA Mosaic was the only web browser. So this is predates I'm dating myself, and it predates Netscape and Internet Explorer and Google Chrome and so on and so forth. So um, I had a really great run in the technology world. We grew from developing um, websites for a small local bank to um, one of our clients from a small local bank was recruited by America Online, and he was tasked with... Um, launching their banking center online, and he brought me in on the team to develop the site for the banks on AOL. And then six of the nation's largest banks became my customer overnight, and the business grew like crazy, and mm-hmm. I we moved, and it was a great run for a long time. But it, somewhere around 2008... Um, things changed really dramatically over those years to fast forward, and I was ready for a change. And I sold the business off and started painting full-time. And that was all I really wanted to do. I was in retirement, theoretically. And one day I burned a big vat of wax that I was painting with, and I thought, gosh, I wonder, I should make my own wax And then I started laughing to myself uh, and realized that that meant I would need to um, become a beekeeper. So I went on the Internet and ordered a web, uh, ordered the whole thing (laughs) to get started. And Honey came home, and I said, Honey, guess what? And he said, What? And I said, I'm going to be a beekeeper. (laughs) He said, Did you have a good good day? (laughs) Yeah, don't you think it would be great if I, like, grew my own wax, and then it would be a sustainable art form? And he said, Honey, do do whatever you want. I said, I'm going to put it on the farm. Is that okay? He has has a farm on the eastern shore. We were – we had just finished building a house there. Uh, to enjoy with family in the summer. And I thought that the bees would be a great thing to share with the family. And um, Mm -hmm. that was really, that was, so I (laughs) got started that way. (laughs) I mean, it's so so fascinating because, um, I mean, you, you have, you obviously don't have a traditional career path, which is something that all of our listeners can relate to. But yours goes back, 
you know, I mean, before the Internet, I, I, as we know it today anyway, it, it's, it's such an amazing run for you. So, and I was wondering how you were going to connect um, the pre-AOL days to this fabulous um, honey lollipop that I have in my hands right now <laughs> that we can get from you. So, so I'm, I'm so happy to sort of have that background. So um, you have, you know, a depth of knowledge in technology, and then you discovered this uh, beekeeping idea, and that's where your artistry started, right? Because I've seen some of your paintings that you actually paint on canvas with wax from honeybees. Yeah, it's um, it's a mixture of beeswax, tree resin, and pigment. And I mix some of my own medium and some of my own paint, but the truth is is that it's easier to buy it from um, somebody that manufactures it. It's more consistent and more reliable. People manufacture that? That's amazing. Yeah. That's, there's a, that, yeah so there's did, a, you, did you start mixing it yourself and then found someone who did it, or did you, like, teach someone how to do it and now they have a business? No, 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 no. There's a, this company um, was started in Jackson, no, I mean, um, who is it? I'm trying to think. His pictures are in my mind, but I can't think of the artist's name. Um, But this has been. It's okay. So you mix mix the colors and the wax and the tree resin, and it creates this beautiful, and I might add, fragrant, because the picture smelled good. (laughs) had a chance to sample them in your in your studio um so and beautiful the colors are so rich and gorgeous so you started doing this and did you you do art galleries and shows what did you find yourself doing after you learned this i had um i got i i had one show um down in baltimore and it was the first show that I had participated in in over 20 years because my career took all my time. I, I never had time to paint. Um, so I was really excited about um, being involved with this show. And um, n- nothing really sold that I brought. Oh, actually, one thing sold. And it was exciting. But I came to realize that the idea of commerce and painting uh, were not really synonymous. <laughs> people people would praise your painting and they loved your painting and they would love your, your painting in their home, but it wasn't like a transaction thing. I wasn't I wasn't really getting the, the transaction love. And okay. it was that was fine. It was fine. Um so I kept painting. I have drawers and drawers and drawers of paintings <laughs> and it, I guess painting every day for five years uh, was really something that I truly loved every minute of, but it was a little, uh, it was a little isolated, and I wanted to get back out with people and interacting with people. Some of the best paintings that I created actually were in seminars where I flew off to California or flew off to Santa Fe to work with other artists and collaborate with other artists to create. So I kind of realized where the order of the art in my life was going to fall. So now, if I'm lucky, I'm painting like once a a week. And I promised myself this year at the beginning of the year that I would participate in four shows. And so far, um, I'm hanging a second show soon, like tonight. Good 
for you. And oh, yeah, and and I'm supposed to get up with a woman um, in Baltimore who is doing pop-up gallery type projects um, to see if I can line up the third show. So I'm really, I'm really testing my limits to see if I can balance um, my art with what I'm doing at the Honey House. So oh, it's a commitment. Really so exciting. So exciting to hear all this background. So you needed to be around people more. And you know what's also great about your story too is that you know, as, as a woman entrepreneur, our lives evolve. So our interests evolve, our needs change. And I, I love how you have sort of woven the advancement of your life with the advancement of how you make money. Because yeah. um, it, it's, like a, it's like a flow. It's like a dance we do with ourselves. And so when you decided that you needed to be around people more, uh, and voila, we have a retail store. So that solves that problem. <laughs> in so many major ways, right? There's people all the time. But let's tell everyone a little bit about the products that you make. I have tried, I don't know, Kara, what did I get? Almost everything, right? I think I had like you one or did. two one of everything when I came into your store. So tell us a little bit about what you make and what's available in your store. And then I want to ask you about how you are making this a success. So you want to unlock the key and, and, and look down under your hood and see how you make this all work together. So first, tell us about the product. Well, I, obviously, I started with the honey because when I set out to raise the bees for the wax and started studying bees, I learned that you don't want to take too much wax from the bees because they work really hard to get it. And once it's in place, you want them to be able to reuse it because it's their little cup to hold the honey. Um, to hold the nectar so that, that ultimately becomes the honey. So if you take it away from them, they have to work really double hard, and it's just, it's actually not good. So I, I kind of changed gears with that. And in the meantime, I fell in love with the bees too, by the way. Um, so it, it, the plan changed while, uh, and, and I'm gath- at the same time, I was collecting honey, and uh, I was giving it away to my friends and family. And they loved it, and I decided to wrap a brand around it, and I know better than to try and be my own practice. It's like a lawyer that represents themselves, has a fool for a client, and I know that despite deep, deep educational um, experiences, um, I wasn't going to be my own graphic designer. Um, so I went out and found an, a, 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 a a maker or like a a graphic designer that focuses on branding makers marks so it's it was i i loved his work and i approached him and i said listen i'm going to do a honey jar but i don't think that there's any way i can do this with just honey because i don't get enough it's unpredictable and there's got to be other um, be inspired. It, um, that was when I came up with the idea of be inspired goods. So as he was working on the label for the honey, I was going on a journey traveling and collecting different things that people made with honey. Um, and I started by hiring these artisans that I met across the country to make these things for me and just ship them to me. And then um, my first my first 
foray into wholesale was with a company called Terrain. Um, I had entered the um, branding into a one of those blogs that features um, packaging. It was called the mm-hmm. Dye Line, and mm-hmm. they wrote about they wrote about my brand and um, Terrain saw that I think. Um, cause I don't know where else they would have seen it. <laughs> and, um, I knew nothing of a wholesale playbook. I let them lead. I did everything wrong. By the time I shipped them the first shipment, it cost me $75. And I thought, this isn't good. <laughs> and then <laughs> and you've got in your line and you've got the products. I mean, I, I, I the, the, the branding is absolutely gorgeous and kudos to your designer, but you have the honey because I've, I've gotten the honey stack, like the huge bunch of honey, and then individual types of honey. You have award-winning honey. You also have soap that has honey in it. You have these amazing yeah. lollipops. Everyone, waxandcare.com, search on lollipops, buy. That's it, okay? <laughs> and you, yeah. you have bath and body products that, you know, the lip balm and cocoa, um, Moisture butter, which oh my gosh, is divine. Um, it, so, so you have all these different products in your line. So, tell us a little bit about, you know, of all the different sorts of um, business models you could have chosen. You chose to have Bath and Body as opposed to other things. I know you mentioned earlier that honey was not going to be um, enough of. There wouldn't be enough of it for you, but. Um, you know, Bath and Body was the thing for you. Tell us a little bit about that choice and how that's going uh, for you, Tara. Um, well, people, first of all, people started asking for Bath and Body with honey. They, they were, they were, people were saying to me, listen, this, this, you should think about this. And so, um, I, I worked with a, uh, an esthetician and chemist to come up with a scrub and a butter. And there, that was my first, um, that was my first step into just one butter type and one scrub type and really just kind of getting the feel for my customer and how they liked it and getting feedback and gathering feedback and trying to understand the market and trying to step into a business that I didn't know that much about. Um, And then when I started, uh, then when I got more serious about it, I studied um, how to formulate um, and create on our own. I, I, in the interest of um, full disclosure, I worked with Leva Barker, who um, has been instrumental in my transition into this space. It was a strategy that she and I came up with together as she evaluated the business because I needed to get my wholesale playbook together. And in order to do that, uh, I worked with her privately to um, – to round out the line and make sure that what I was doing was market ready, uh, followed laws, complied, um, that the space that we were working in was GMP compliant, not only from a paperwork perspective, but from an equipment perspective. And I took it all very seriously. And for an entire year last year, all I did was focus on 
the line of, of products. And the ingredients that we use are inspired by bees. And so, okay. um, yeah, we're using like almond oil, we're using sunflower oil. We grow a lot of the ingredients that we use in our products grow on our farm naturally, but I'll buy cosmetic grade, you know, <laughs> essential oils. And I try to get right. organic as, as much as the products can um, support that in terms of, you know, dollars and cents. And tell us a little bit about your retail store experience. You, This is your first retail store, right? It just opened, what, a year? Maybe not even a year ago. Yeah, I, um, I was originally in the house and uh, grew out of this. It, I was working, one side of the studio was uh, like a pool table, and that's where I packed up the honey to, sell, to send it out from Internet orders. And that I grew out of that really fast. So I got a, an industrial space and um, moved into that, and it wasn't, wasn't very pretty. So I painted the walls and put down some tile and tried to make the front of it like a retail store, but it was really badly, oddly located. And as much as I wanted people to come and see me, I didn't have a whole lot of foot traffic. Some, but not much. And I was only open two days a week. Um, the rest of the time I kept the door locked and was in there to work um, and make things and, you know, work out game plans and that sort of thing. And then um, in October, um, we moved to the new, we moved to the real retail facility and the the whole community is major league under construction. So it's, um, it, it's just starting to blossom. And the area, yeah, Owings Mills, Maryland... Yeah, mm -hmm. Owings Mills is really under construction right now. Um it but is, a lot yeah. of neat yeah, a lot of neat things are coming here. Feel like feel like feel like feel like it's a renaissance and there's a new restaurant next door opening up right now and I'm seeing lots more foot traffic than I was seeing in the last several months. So I made yeah. the retail sm store very small in the front of the space, and then the middle of the space is our packing room for you know picking and packing, and then our back area is our lab. And um, so I needed the space to do all this stuff anyway, and it just so happened that I was able to get into a spot that actually has a lot of foot traffic. There's a library across the street, a college across the street, and there's a mammoth um, office building being built. I noticed that when I was there. So, so you opened in October, and here we are in March. And how are you doing? Like, how, how many employees do you have there, Kara? Um, I have two full-time gals. One is my operations person. The other is a full-time production maker. You know, I call her the lead maker. I have a part-time, two-day-a-week um, assistant um, producer. And I have a, a young, uh, young woman that comes in and helps us in the retail store, and I've been training her to do some social media posting, and she helps me fine-tune um, and get into Excel um, names for lists, for marketing, that sort of thing. So everybody has more than one role. I have trained and been working on training everybody to do blogging. I've set everybody up 
just this last week, actually, I had a class, and then I um, I set them all up as individual um, uh, producers of content um, to our blog, um, so that when they're slow, like it's not always busy yet. We're we're just yeah, not yeah. there yet. And yes. but there's never any idle time. We're all That's we right. all keep yeah, we all keep busy with either helping customers or writing blogs or 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 whatnot. This is so instructive because you know, back in the olden days when business was all about you hire somebody to do like one thing. I mean, they might do two things if somebody's sick. But these days, those silos don't work anymore, and we all have to sort of cross-populate each other's different things. So I I love that you mentioned that, especially where content is concerned, because you can't produce it all yourself. However, you do write some posts for Martha Stewart's blog, don't you? Yeah, I did. I I was a... um... First of all, I was Martha. I am still, even today, Martha Stewart's biggest fan. When I was younger, um, she was on Sunday morning TV, and life mm-hmm. stopped. And I would leave the TV show, run to the food store, get ingredients, and I like. I just always was very fond of her. And yeah, um, me too. her people were in DC, and they went to one of the stores where my stuff is, and they saw it, and they called me. And they mm-hmm. they asked me if I would participate in her Made in America brand, and I was so excited that they called that I asked if it would be okay if I came to see them and talk about it in person rather than over the phone. And that's very much me, and that was the way I ran my last business, and it's very much still the way I try to run today's business, but it's a little harder because um, most of our customers aren't here. They're elsewhere. Um, but in the case of New York, I am able to go there and stay there. And so I made arrangements to do that. And I went and met the people who are part uh, the leader. They were the, at the time the leadership of Martha Stewart. I believe that that um, meeting is what led to um, their request for me to uh, contribute content to their content network. And it was a great experience because I got to write um, what was on my mind and I got to work with editors that really know how to create content for the Internet. So I learned Mm -hmm. a lot from them, and it was a terrific experience. When um, they moved to the Amazon Handmade Network, I – I backed off of the platform because I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not an Amazon person. I'm not mm-hmm. I um at this moment it's not part of my strategy. Right, right. Yes, they did they did that quickly too, didn't they? I remember when they did that, they moved um with all deliberate speed away from us uh, the next day. Um after yeah. after um they closed. But so so this is this is a wonderful sort of overview of a couple things. Number one, you've shared and inspired us, Kara, uh, that we don't have to pick one thing and stick with it forever, that we can move in and out of different fields in our careers and throughout our lifetimes and throughout our entrepreneurial journeys, and we don't have to be wedded to any one thing as we go along. And then secondly, you, you, you've talked about how you have um, you know, the first thing you did was you got someone to design your brand for you. 
tell us a little bit about how important you think that step was, because a lot of our listeners, um, you know, anybody can draw a picture, I suppose, and there are a lot of different designers out there, but you seem to have managed to create with your graphic designer a brand that really, really messages your products and the people that you're talking to. So tell us a little bit about that process and what would you recommend for others who are looking to create that same kind of look that matches their message and their branding? Well, I I am partial to establishing a visual brand on anything before you start it. <laughs> I didn't send out an engagement card without it being well branded. You know, it was, it was well, you know, it's and part I have of to who. Say that you, since you are an artist, I mean, you've been you've you've you're, you've been painting. You've created, as you said, so many of these beautiful, um, colorful pieces of artwork. You know, not everybody has that background or comes from that perception. So, you know, we don't exactly. we all don't have the same appreciation for that connection. So for those of us who don't, and honestly, I don't, I can't even draw a straight line. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you recommend, what sort of mindset do you recommend that we adapt if we want to experience that kind of connection? Well, I think that I'm I I think that there are several steps that everybody could follow to get on a page that would enable them to communicate well with a professional graphic designer. Um and when I talk about a professional graphic designer, I believe that the most important thing to find in a graphic designer is a graphic designer that has experience in the space that you're going. You want somebody that's going to lead you, and you need to lead them in words that best describe who you are and what you're doing. Single words, small phrases, think keywords that you would be using on the Internet. Um, And I think that where my gift lies is that I'm able to cut through a lot of the clutter and write a strategy document and say, here's who I am. This is the tone that I want to follow. These are my five image attributes. This is what I hope to accomplish with this visual brand. These are the items that I want to be putting this visual brand onto, which makes room for what we call a graphic identity system which is very important. Like, I see a lot of one-off logos. I see folks putting up, like, these logos and saying, look at my beautiful new logo. And there's absolutely no um, backstory where it came from, what motivated it, what the image attributes were, what their tone is, what the goal of the company is. All of those words need to support a, a logo build. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just a, it's not just a logo, it's a whole system. And when mm-hmm. I worked with my designer, the first thing he did was come up with, you know, uh, a mark. And then and then we got into the depth of it and and got into applications of that mark on different things and how it would impact how it would be used and we we talk, we spent a we spent months of time establishing this and we established the the name as Waxing Cara and we established the tagline as be inspired from the very minute that I launched 
that's um, wonderful. What was, that's, that's a what great. I, what I hope everybody will do, unlike what I, I what I hope everybody will consider if if they're going to go to the expense of creating a graphic identity system and creating a really well crafted, heartfelt mark. Um, my hope is that they'll also get it trademarked at the same time. Um, I've also mm-hmm. had the pleasure of working with Andrea Evans um, on that, and mm-hmm. um, it's 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 critical. To, and it was never critical to any of the other businesses that I was in, you know, as an advertising agency, who cares? As a graphic design firm, who cares? As a web development firm or an AOL uh, channel developer, who cares if you have a, a trademark name? It doesn't matter. But if you're out there selling a product, um, there's too many chances that you could be infringing on other people's marks or other people's names. And it's really, I really uh, can't sing Andrea's praises enough. And I can't, um, I can't, I can't um, praise the, uh, 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 how important it is. Yeah. I actually, I I now have like six. We've actually trademarked, I think, six of my products. Oh, good. So far. Good. Well, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's such a great point that you're making. So if we're looking for a graphic designer, then we need to find one who can speak the language that you just talked about, right? So, you know, finding someone, a lot of times you look on the web, you find their portfolio. Um, if you're looking for someone, Kara, and you don't know anyone, is one of the first things you would do is obviously look at the portfolio and see if there's any information about the marks they have designed that connect them to the businesses that they represent. Is that a, is yeah, that a good I'd, first step to like narrow down your options? I, it's one step. Um, I think, and honestly, what I did was um, uh, a friend gave me a product as a gift, and I absolutely loved the way it was packaged. And I called the maker, and I said, who did your graphic design? And she told me. And that's how I found my graphic designer. When I spoke with him and I realized that we had uh, a lot of similarities in terms of our life path and the kind of business that he started and the kind of business that he was in now, it just it resonated more with me because it, I, for, it, I was very fortunate that he and I spoke the same language. But if you don't have experience working, working with graphic designers, find something you love, you know, and and try to go backwards and figure out by contacting the maker who did the packaging. Chances are good there's like a handful. There's a handful of these people out there, and and all they do is love to work with small makers. And usually when they they have a lot of experience working with small makers, they can, like, he was able to tell me, no, you don't want to do it that way. You want to do it this way because then you can grow it this way. And so So I was in really good hands. Yeah, find someone who's got experience working with artisans. That's another good point. And it's almost like um, when you need a new website, what do you do? You go look at websites you like, and then you try to find out who designed them. That, 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 that idea, too, is that you find some branding that you like, and then you try to find out who designed it. And um, that those things can help position you to get what you want. Um, thank you for sharing those ideas and, and all, of the, all of your experiences here. So what's next? for Wax and Kara as we close things out. What can we expect to see in the future? 
Um, well, we're about to launch a really neat product that I call Spa Tower, and it's um, it's going to be on Uncommon Goods, uh, like starting April 1st, I think. And I'm doing it in two different sizes, and there's other discussions with other um, large retailers um, as well. Um, it's a really special product. It's a tube that's see-through, so it's a really good retail product. Um, in it, it are Honey Body products. Um, from body scrubs to butters to dry masks, candles, and they stack. It's got a really beautiful look to it. And then um, we created uh, rituals by season. So remember, our products are farm to body, right? And we're inspired by bees. And they're also, um, they contain ingredients that wouldn't be here without bees. And so that whole story is woven together in a booklet that comes along with our spot tower. And I'm very excited about this. I, I think it's where we're headed. I've actually already spoken with two really special spas, and they're going to do wax and cara honey body treatments and then sell these towers as a companion to, for the customers to take home. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to be entering the spa market shortly, and I'm excited about it because I think that it, I think it's a great um, – I think that so far I've seen that that's been a market that I've done well with. I love that you're going to have um... – the whole the whole line, the treatment, like you can come and get the wax and care thing. But what I really love is that you're doing the spa tower because I have the honey tower. So <laughs> I love my honey dipping, 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 dipping into it all the time. And the flavors are so wonderful. Um, and you guys, I'm sorry, I have to tell you, you got to get some lollipops, waxandcara.com. Um, so we're going to be looking for you at... We're going to have to step up our spa games, everyone, so we can get and go to some of these awesome spas where we can get this treatment. So that's one of the first <laughs> things that I'll be looking for. And then also, congratulations on that spa tower. What a great idea to have it beautifully displayed, all the different steps that you can take to treat yourself to a spa experience. I love it. I love it. So everyone, waxingcara.com. And before we go, Kara, I'd just like to hear from you, like, if, if, if you met me in the elevator and I found out you were an entrepreneur and I was green, I had no idea, and I said, you know what, Ms. Burke, I would like to start a business one day. What would you tell me if you had, you know, 30 seconds in an elevator with me? I would tell you to sit down and write down what you expect from that business. What do you want to achieve with that business? And how? try to figure out how, what the end game is before you even start. Try and get numbers down on paper so that you're not in total shock when <laughs> a few months into it when you realize how much it's really going to take to get it off the ground. And mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think today a lot of people are um, so fortunate to have the Internet, you know, and and their homes to create products. Um, I think you figure out pretty quick that if you can't scale it in a big way, it's really hard to get it off the ground. Um, so mm -hmm. starting with a plan is super important. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, um, all those tips in 30 seconds. That's great. And, and I love that you, everything that you shared 
it, you haven't even mentioned the product yet. Like, start with what you're trying to create ultimately. What's your end game? What, where do you want this business to take you before you even get down into exactly what you're going to be selling? That's so, so important. Thank you so much for sharing. And everyone, you've got to get to waxingcara.com. And you've also, if you're ever in the Baltimore, D.C. area, you've got to get to Owings Mills, Maryland, to her store, The Honey House. It's gorgeous. You start smelling it like a block down the street when you're driving down the street. There's easy parking. There's coffee shops nearby. There's everything. So you spend the whole day there and just go back and forth to The Honey House all afternoon and buy everything because if you're anything like me, that's what you're going to do. So, Kara, we thank you so much for joining us and sharing from your experience and inspiring us today. Thank you so much, Donna Maria. I got to tell you that I think you're doing such a service for us, and it's really a pleasure to be part of your network. Oh, it's photography, Kara. It's a member of the Indie Business Network. So, in fact, I think that's where you met Andrea and Leela. I think I referred you to both of them. You um, did. Yes. Happy, happy. That's exactly what you do at the network. So thank you so much for saying that. It's a pleasure to serve you, and it's awesome to have you on the Indie Business Podcast today. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kara Brooke of Waxing Kara in Owings Mills, Maryland. Let's wrap up some of the ideas and action steps here based on our chat with her. The first is hire people who can do more than just one thing. Kara shared that her employees don't just do one or two things. They are trained to do multiple things so that no one is ever idle and all of the jobs that need tending to actually get done. In particular, using the internet to get the word out about your business requires the creation of content that leads to your front door. Finding people to help you create that content even if they do other things, is always a smart idea. Secondly, get your logo right from the very start. And by the way, let me just say, if your logo is not currently the one you want right now, you can always have a do-over. Creating a brand that works for you is not just about pretty colors, shapes and fonts, and a nice design. It's about creating a combination of elements that leads Write to the people you want to buy your products. Look for a graphic designer who gets that, not just for a person with talent. And thirdly, begin with the end in mind. If you're new to entrepreneurship or if you're launching a new brand, start by planning what you ultimately want to create at the end of the day. What do you want your business to do for you? What sorts of customers do you want to reach? How will lives be changed for the better because of your product or service? Settling on these things at the beginning will streamline your planning and help you get the specific results you want and the ones that make your business fun and profitable. You can subscribe to Indie Business Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also listen at my website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast. And you know, When you head over to iTunes, please leave a rating. Let people know what you think of Indie Business Podcast. It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories I bring you, and it helps me to get more visibility to wonderful American-made entrepreneurs like you. I love the maker community, and I'm so excited to be a part of it along with you. 
It's such an exciting time to be an entrepreneur. I'll see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.